goes, I shall remember this day, forgets it instantly. <laughs> Except that guy, Javert. He remembered it all. Not fucking Javert. Do you, you mean the main character of what is? Uh, don't character. miss character. What? Wait, no, you said it right. Yeah, he said it right. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Is he the main character? No, yeah, he's the protagonist. Jean. Yeah. Jean Valjean. No. He's not the protagonist. That criminal? <laughs> Look, they one, man, one man was trying to uphold the just law, and the other one kept lying and stealing and pushing out horse carts. And, well, okay, he did one good thing. But his story what? is more dynamic. He pushed up the horse cart to be a vainglorious hero. See? No. is the truth. To save a life. Has there Wait, ever did you been... make up a word? Vainglorious? No, that's, that's real. real. No. Jamie, let me ask you a question. I thought Has there ever me. been a good book written about a criminal? No. Yes. Yeah. It's called Les Mis. I read no, the whole never. thing. No. no. That was about a cop. I am Shut legend. Up. Also, the judge in Kafka's The Trial... <laughs> The judge in Crime and Punishment, all protagonists. Yes. Okay. But the person who made up the word Vainglorious definitely just combined those two words, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we get oh, yeah. to hate that person, even if it's a real word. Also, there's this, there's this band called A Tribe Called Red, which they take First People's music and remix it to make hip-hop hip beats out of it. Okay. But it's, it's recorded by First People's singers. Okay. And they got Yasin Bey, a.k.a. Most Deaf, to record a song with this hilarious Middle Eastern rapper, Narsi, and the back of it is recorded by this famous First People singer named Black Bear. Okay. And one of the Middle Eastern rappers thinks he says, Middle East mode, sand glorious. <laughs> it's really great. Does Narsi speak Farsi? I think he does. Yeah, I think yeah. that's where it comes from. That sounds funny. It's a okay. good song. It's not a funny song. It's no. a good song. Is, are they ripping that off of a tribe called Quest? Oh, Henry ain't got no teeth, y'all. I got um. no teeth to hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back to Podcast Party. We're here for another episode. Uh, tonight we are recording in, again in Henry's condo. He has upgraded and it is... Uh, Beautiful view of whatever ocean we are near, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited to listen to some more podcasts and share them with you. We've got a Henry in the room, of course. Hello. And a John. Hello. And a Michael. Hello. And we are joined tonight by two special guests. We've got Aaron, a returning guest from a little while back. How are you, Aaron? I'm good. Welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. And to hear you. It is good to be and uh, be heard. Indeed. And a new special guest. That's right. We've got one Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hi there. And thank you so much for making the trip specifically to do this podcast for us. Oh, yes. It was very nice of you. Um, and sorry that we can't pay you. But... Wait, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, we got in trouble with this like a few episodes ago, but... uh Legally, we can't pay guests. Uh, who's gonna pay my guests money? Well, discussion for another time. I yeah, think yeah, we can yeah. sort I'll, that I'll, out I'll, off air, I'll probably. Yeah, 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 we'll yeah. figure it out. It'll be it'll be fine, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I've got um, some gas in my car. We could like put it in your car. I think I have a nearly punched which which card. 
Legally, we can't allow you guys to exchange material goods. Wow. Our lawyers don't like that. We have a legal team that's pretty extensive in there. Yeah. Very on point about this kind of stuff. No loopholes in your... That's right. Actually, specifically that. that, That's what the contract... All of the contracts end with no loopholes. Even if we could find one. It's also written on the cover sheet. It says no loopholes within. Yeah. Wow. But thank you for traveling the thousands of miles to get here. Sure. And uh, be with us tonight. And it's going to be a great podcast. We're all excited and happy. And so happy. Here, uh, here we go. Let's uh, let's get into it. get into tonight's episode and the theme tonight is supplied to us by our very own john john what's that theme now you guys know i've been working on this theme for a while and i think that usually we have themes that maybe it's a little hard to fit all of our podcasts into sure you know but i don't i didn't want you guys to spend any extra energy so i gave you the easiest podcast topic of all royalty hmm Royalty. Mm. I like it. And I'm excited to hear podcasts related to it. Royalty. So, I'm curious. Um, Jamie, I'll ask you first, since you're the new guest. Yes, well, on my travels, uh, I actually um, came across one that was quite interesting. It was speculation on new baby names for royal children. Um, This particular... Uh, podcaster was looking at the new royal children of the European area, particularly the United Kingdom and Wales, and looking at the little George and tiny Charlotte and speculating on what other possible names there may be and why, perchance, these names are not as perhaps outrageous, we might say, as other celebrity names. Things come to mind like Apple. Sure. And yeah. curtain. Indeed. So. Blanket. Supernova. Indeed. So this one was quite interesting, and they had some very enlightening material, I thought. Johnny. Hmm. Well, I'm uh, very curious to hear more about that. That sounds uh, sounds pretty cool. Oh, 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 dear listeners, <laughs> welcome back to Air Supply. 
your your weekly roundup of of the potential names for the royal ales, and I am your host as always, Orange Withersby. Now, let's let's dive right into it. I've got a few of my own, future heirs of the royal family, part the first. We could call them carpet. Carpet one and carpet two, if there's a little carpet in the future. And then uh, a companion to, to, little, to little Georgie. Little Georgie could have uh, a little companion n- named Little Prince Blender. Little, li- little, Prince, little Prince Vitamix Blender would, would serve well the, the seat of the king if something terrible were to happen to his father. And in the event that something were to happen to his father, all power in the kingdom would pass to tiny Vitamix Blender, a child king. The saddest events throughout history, a child thrust into the role of monarch, not knowing anything about global politics. Little Vitamix Blender would awake every day in a cold sweat, unsure of his future. Would he be guillotined? Most likely not, for the future of young Vitamix Blender has yet to be written. Moving on. The next child's name, Young Swedge. Now, Swedge is a strong name with with ties far back in history. I'll leave you to look those up. Wikipedia is your friend. And now, with mine out of the way, we move to the listeners. As you know, every week on this podcast, I get people to send in their hypothetical baby names. And they send them to me via MP3s on the SoundCloud. They sell them to me best as they can, and then I judge them. Let us take a listen to the first. I believe this one comes in from a Mr. Carb. The next heir to the throne, as it were, in my esteemed research and profession as a name guesser, as what I am, I guess the names of babies. I let that sink in. It's my profet. I'm a professional, whereas you are nothing <laughs> but a hobbyist. Hmm. Hmm. So... This child, this unborn heir to the throne, you've probably gone through the annals and picked a name like Swedge. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No. Let me tell you, let me inform you, this baby's name will be Beer Can. And I know what you're thinking. It's a good name, and you're right, for I'm a professional guesser, and I have guessed professionally. How do I turn this thing off? Well, Mr. Carb, you may be a professional name guesser, but I've spent my entire career reading books full of words that could be possible names, whereas you've probably stuck to your name textbooks. 
let me offer a humble counterpoint. I think that I think that this next heir should be named something more more regal, more dignified, with less of your stodgy stodginess attached to it. This child should be named Pi to six digits. Three point one four one five nine two six, maybe. I kind of got excited there. But now that you know what the better name would be, allow me to humble you further with another sound cloud. Um, hi. I just want to say that I, uh, I listen a lot to the names that you give, but they're like, it's confusing. Why can't we just name the heir, like, if they're the heir to Wales, why can't we just name them Wales? It'll be a lot less confusing for like the rest of the world. Um, and I feel like that would be a much better strategy. And then it could just be Wales the first and then Wales the second and then like Wales the third. And it wouldn't even matter if they're like a boy or a girl, but it would help us with the history lessons and stuff. Cause then all we would have to remember is the name that they had is matching to their country. And it would be way easier. Yeah. Well, humble SoundClouder, I like your general idea, but much like your suggestions, I imagine that your name is pretty pedestrian as well. You probably have a normal name like Tarp or Corrugated. Whereas I think that the new baby names, let's say in this hypothetical land of whales, that we not call them whales, but we call them whale sounds, such as oh one and oh two. Think on that for a minute as I sip a cuppa and also introduce another person. Well, hi. My name is Clarence. And I was thinking that a really fun name, a name that would kind of shake up the kingdom, maybe get the political ball rolling, would be Credence. I like Credence. Also rhyming things with Credence. Um, Breedence. Uh, Deedence. Uh, Zedence. Bleedence. Uh, but Credence is my favorite because... I feel like the British need a how you say revival. And I feel like they might have that if maybe they just, you know, named somebody a, a respectable, uh, an honest name like Credence. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me on Snapchat at uh, Go Credence Revival Lovers at 47. The other numbers were taken 1 through 46. And also, you can find me on Twitter at my name is Clarence. I like people that respect me. Thank you. Now, as you've heard, I didn't say, I did indeed save the best for last. Now, I'm willing to admit that the name, my name is Credence and I like people who respect me is the strongest name yet. 
And if you agree, shoot me a SoundCloud MP3 un- uncompressed thing, and I'll play it on my show. Until then, goodbye! had some very interesting ideas um they were all slightly pretentious i'm not gonna lie but i kind of enjoyed that and it helped keep me company on the long journey his his, all of his names were very progressive i mean they were all gender neutral everyone Mm. he didn't say for a queen for a king no because that was what he saw that the nation needed and you could tell that he was thinking about the country more so than just the, the air or the yeah. individual, yeah. yeah. And it's it's 2016, you know? Yeah. I mean, personally, I feel more comfortable being ruled by someone named something like Swedge because I want that pretension. Like, I don't want to be ruled by someone named George. Do I want to be ruled by a monarch that's named the same thing I would name my tractor? There, there's confidence in, in an odd name. I'm reminded of a boy named Sue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. and I really do think that. Oh, I, I love that, that song. That. Yeah, it's like yeah. boy Nancy, what, what you gonna, gonna do? do? Yeah, gonna do yeah. It's really when they good. come for you, mm-hmm. boy, boy named Sue. Sue, boy named Sue. Sue. Yeah, yeah we we all know it. I'm yeah. snapping to it. So, um, has anybody here have have any of you met royalty ever, or like been you know, I guess in the same room or like in a concert hall even like, have you met royalty? I uh, actually was standing. Um, on the Queen's lawn in England as she drove into Windsor Castle and I saw her through her window. She waved (laughs) at my cousin, but not at me. I have a question. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is she a good driver? Uh, She was not driving the vehicle. She's a queen. Mm -hmm. She has people. Is it like a special like queen mobile like the Pope or is it just like a Rolls Royce Uh, or something? It was a Rolls Royce. It had a tiny crown on the top. What? Of course it did. A little crown. That's awesome. I I didn't do this, but my grandmother once gave soup to the queen at the Manchester Hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio. What? For some reason, I don't know. She was well. She was. A she didn't work there. there. Okay. She was, <laughs> she was the soup. there. I don't know why the queen was there, but uh, she will not stop talking about that. <laughs> that is that is her thing. That is basically the favorite thing she's ever done. So I mean uh, that's that's all well and good, but I mean what about American royalty? I for one have stood in a room mere moments after Brett Favre had left. Whoa! Oh. It was still warm with Favre. Oh. The, the air was still electric with his presence. Oh, oh wow. man! Wow. Well, I don't want to one up you, but I have been in the stadium that Brett Favre was on the field of. What? Yeah. No way. Wow. Oh yeah, I, I'm talking within. Several miles of distance. Like the rugby field? Yeah. Yeah, the famous rugby field. That's what he plays, right? Yeah, he plays rugby. Yeah. He actually invented the game. Oh. Here in America. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that that movie about him? Uh, Invictus. Yeah, Invictus. Invictus. Tells his story. I love that movie. The Favre story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um, American royalty in movies... Actors are kind of the new American royalty in a way. I mean, we still think of like the first family as, you know, our version of royalty. But uh, in a lot of ways, actors and celebrities 
are have that feeling of royalty and untouchability and they're separate and it's in a lot of ways it's like oh my god that's that it's brad pitt and it, you, people react the same way to that as they would like the queen or i agree with you know, that and um uh, i found this podcast it's called the worst of the best and it's actually a lot of a-list actors this per these people find the like the worst movies or or tv shows uh, that these people have done. It's not necessarily... They try to... They don't always go with, like, the mainstream bad movies when somebody sells out or they're washed up. It's A lot of times, it's, like, stuff that's early in their career or stuff they did on a whim that didn't get a big release. So most people don't know about it. They give you a lot of trivia and background information about why this was made and, and what the story is and uh, why this particular person chose to do this thing or, or whatever was going on. Um, yeah, it's called Worst of the Best. And uh, you'd like to hear about it. Back. Sure, yeah. Okay. Let's play it, play it, play it. All right, it's um, right here. Because we are here with the worst, worst of, of the best. best. All right. All right. We're just going to get straight into it, everyone. Right, in, uh, right into it. Right into it. Not trying to step on your toes. Yeah, okay. Take it away. We've got an exciting one. Yes, I'm you so ready? excited about it. I'm jumping at the bit for it. All so, right. all right. Everyone has heard the little angel girl, Chloe Grace Moretz. She's climbing that social ladder. She's getting high up there. But what we don't know is that she started way 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 below the bottom way below you guys are going to flip when you hear this one tell them oh oh all right so i assume that you have heard of such masterpieces as children of the corn who hasn't and then also the cult classic attack, attack of, of the, the killer, killer tomatoes all right well you take the best parts of those two movies and you just throw them out the window. Throw them, throw them out there. Gone. Out in the garden. You take the other bits of that movies and you smash them together and you make a horrendously horrible sequel slash mashup slash homage flick called Children of the Tomatoes. You will laugh until you vomit. It is so delectably gross. It's so terrible that... The Rotten Tomatoes website has given it a score of negative three tomatoes. They didn't want to be too harsh. They kept it in single digits. Yeah. But it's pretty freaking bad, guys. Yeah, when they actually were filming it, they had three camera crew just lay down their equipment and walk off the set because they were so disgusted with how far this movie had gone. They did so much to try to up the DVD sales that they included that bit and filmed it for the special features later. It's not even a blooper. It's a, this is behind the scenes, real footage. This is the story of our film. This is how bad our film is, that we're showing you how bad our film is to make some money. I think they tried turning that part into a documentary about the whole thing, but- It anyway. also flopped. 
But that's that's doesn't have anything to do with Chloe, so. Yeah, poor Chloe. She, I think she was only seven at the time of this film. Poor, poor Chloe. She's blowing up. You have to have your negative experiences. I think that they mm-hmm. humble you and yes. allow you to rise. Well, she was truly, truly humbled by this one. Yeah, she was really humbled. Mm-hmm. There was there was a TV show. This isn't a movie, but oh. but a TV show starring a movie star. We're all familiar with the the beautiful and hypnotically voiced almost and beautiful voice Scarlett Johansson oh yes I mean she 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 speaks and and people listen yes I listened to her but they did not listen in her first TV appearance it was only a pilot Mm. and it was a pilot where she starred as a waitress a struggling poor waitress in the Bronx the Bronx yeah it was called the Bronx (laughs) but it was bra NX. Oh, don't tell me. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. They went there. Oh no. They, they did oh, that, no. folks. So folks, it was all about her doozy. being. It was. It was very focused on her being a woman, mm. which there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all, except that it was just also the dialogue was written by people who had never written before. Oh. There was a, it was like a second chance program for criminals. Mm. Mm. I think the guys, if you can picture the worst Bronx, Bronx accent that you can and amplify it by 10 million, that is the dialect that they all had in this film. On top of that, very strange swear words just I, thrown she, in. For a while, she tried to deny that she was even in it because she's known for what she can do with her voice. Mm. She does not want to be known for what she did with her voice in this particular thing. Hmm. I think we have a soundbite from it somewhere. Let me see if I can dig that up. I'm walking here. Oh, it's me, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Shizzledam. Ooh, I'm a waitress and stuff. Uh, oops, sorry, queen. Spilt soup on ya. We're walking in the soup, Swizzledam. look for that one but it was well worth it mm, scarlet girl i love you girl but i am so sorry honey child just, that's just, just bad. own up to it look you've you've done great things now just admit that that was your past and you've you found a future luckily after that you mm. should probably be thinking some sort of a deity but look I'm not at sure. look at how far you have come past that i think if you can if she can just accept her humble, humble, horrible beginnings, then she will become almost a martyr to the people. And I feel yeah. that would almost humanize her more because right now she's right up there. She's untouchable. Even other people who basically create garbage mm. can create good things. Mm. That's a lesson that I'm taking from That's that. a powerful message. And on that, dear listeners, we will leave you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been The, the Worst of the, the Best. <laughs> Okay, so I personally take a little bit of umbrage with this podcast because I am a big fan of both The Bronx and Children of the Tomatoes. Okay, look, the thing is you guys don't understand the time period when these movies came out. I've still got my Don't Go Into the Tomato Field Jack shirt. And that that was the standout line from that movie, right? Yeah, don't go in the tomato field. It's a portentous line. I think that line was actually talking about the camera guys. One of the camera guys. Oh, is that what thing. that was? Yeah, oh, not yeah. to burst your bubble or okay. anything, dude, but I watched that special footage documentary that they made. Well, what, could... about, what about my swizzle damn tattoo? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's... 
it's a shit, it's a really bad movie, but it is nostalgic to me. Mm-hmm. Like I still have the tomato shaped lunchbox with a child's face on it. That's that from the movie because you know in the movie they had that really bad makeup with all the kids had like big round red heads with little green hairs on top, and uh, yeah they made lunchboxes. It was a really bad idea, and it still gives me nightmares. But my parents gave me the lunchbox, and I still have it. And it's, yeah. Did you use it? I did. I got made fun of a lot. Oh, okay. a lot. But you you stopped using it. No, I had to keep using it. We were poor. So you to this day you still use oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. I take I, it to the office. And... Well, see, I mean, you're getting something. You're getting more out of the movie than the people who made the movie because you've got something that holds stuff together, unlike the movie. Oh, oh. And, and it's useful to this day, unlike the, the movie. movie. That's a fair point. I mean, my my don't go in the tomato field shirt. It it it's holds useless. my body together. No, no, no. It holds my body. No. I, I will say that we are talking about art. And if it speaks to somebody, even someone wrong like John, then <laughs> right. at least it's it's achieving something. Okay. It has some amount of value. That there is there is a level of like derivative and and, and like lowbrow art that speaks to people like John. Hey like guys, look, I'm just saying maybe give it a chance. Maybe you just don't understand. Whatever. It sounds like it, we're is all that a, familiar with. No. Is that a Jersey Shore hat you're wearing? It's fine. It's not Jersey Shore. It's the Jersey Shore Christmas special. Which which one of those shows led you to your degree in linguistics? Um, I was actually led to my linguistics by the short-lived television series Ghost Writer. Really? Yeah. Right. The, the one where the the the, the, the floating ghost? blob. Yeah, the floating blob that wrote. It was Ghost Writer. Interesting. You know, other kids liked Wishbone, but and they all, them and they all became detectives. Yeah, they they became they became Jack Russell detectives. <laughs> yeah, or dogs. I was about to say or dogs. You, you beat me yeah. to it. I can't can't lie. All right, look, guys, I've got a podcast. It's about royalty. If you can stretch your imagination with me a little bit, okay, we're up for that. Yeah, it, it's 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 this weird sort of like. All they do is respond to, like, emails that they get, but on air. Like, they they do it... They don't write the emails. They they just speak it into the microphone and release the podcast. That's the response, yeah. As a response. It, it's called, like, RE. Okay. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Like, right respond. Sure, sure. And, uh, it, and, and it's never people they've, they've ever emailed before. So it's, it's, like, it's become a big cultural thing to just send an email to these people... And they respond to it. Kind of like a post-secret thing. You can confess stuff or you can, you know, get advice about your problems. Yeah. You know, like an Ask Amy or... And just or, get... Yeah, it's like a new advice column. Like, yeah. It's the new new version of the advice yeah. column. So, uh, do you, are we... And it's... It, the thing is, uh, the episode I picked happens to be all from royalty. All of the emails. Oh, the questions are... Oh, wait, from actual royal persons? From actual royal people. Oh. I think they solicited to do, like, the special. Sure. So I'll push the button. <laughs> okay. Okay.
regarding. I'm your host, Arnold, with my co-host... Bathsheba. And we're here today, reading your emails, helping you if we can. Sometimes people just need to get the word out. They just need to say something. Isn't that right, Bathsheba? Oh, they do. And we're here to facilitate that. You know, with social media, you'd think it'd be easy to get the word out, say what you want to say, be heard, cry for help. But people are more mute than ever. Isn't that right, Bathsheba? A to the man. I'll start with our first email. By the way, I feel I should mention that this episode's theme is royalty. All of our emails are from royal figures throughout the world. Oh, your highness. That's right, Bathsheba. This first email comes from a Prince Henry, and it reads as follows. Ooh, of Belgium. Hi, Arnold and Bathsheba. My name is Prince Henry. I'm going to let my box turtle walk on the keyboard now. KKDJ, KKDJ, KKKKJJJJJJJJ, and then there's a bunch of spaces and then a D. I think he probably picked the turtle up after it entered the final D. Or had a stroke. Do you think that the turtle had a stroke? <laughs> There's no way to know. You know, I've never heard of a turtle having a stroke, but Prince Henry, if your turtle had a stroke, allow me to tell you, you should take it to a vet. And never eat after a turtle, because they have E. coli. Or no, it's the botulisms. That is true, Bathsheba. Now, uh, I believe that you had an email. Ooh, ooh. This title of this email is Ooh, ooh. For Bathsheba and Arnold. No offense. Put the Bathsheba first and then it is not. That's fine. That's fine. I understand. It's fine. Bathsheba and Arnold. I am the Duchess of Windsorville in South Carolina. And I have been going through a midlife crisis and have found myself with three Porsches that I do not need. What should I do about this? Oh, it's a, it's a classic. It's a classic midlife crisis problem. So, uh, mm -mm. What, what do you think they should do, Bathsheba? Well, you know, you could send one of them Porsches this way, maybe even two. I, you, I mean, a Porsche for me and a Porsche for Bathsheba, I, I really just ride a bike most places. That's a tax write-off. I, uh, I think that using fossil fuels is irresponsible. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't eat after a Porsche. And do not eat after a turtle. Wise words from Bathsheba. I cannot stress enough how important it is that you do not eat after a turtle. Apparently it's very important. My cousin Jimmy. I know that my life's been changed. Now our next email comes from a prince, and then there's the little little square symbol that shows up when a when someone types a symbol that you don't have a keyboard for on your phone. Mm, testify. So uh, I don't know what this prince's name is, but the the email reads as follows: This last harvest, I had more white yams than my neighbor. My neighbor. Jealous of my white yams, married my wife in an illegal marriage. How can I stop this illegal marriage from ruining next year's harvest of white yams? For this ill portent will cause the gods to curse my yam fields. Signed, 
And then there's more little squares. Mm-mm. So, uh... That's a tricky pickle. I've personally... I've run into this before, not in the same way, but I have been through a divorce, and I know that they can be painful. And the important thing is that you remain friends. And maybe if you remain friends, that ill portent, that omen on your yams, and that omen on your heart, won't be as strong. And that's my advice. Be friends, and your yams will flourish. Bathsheba? You know what I like? I like fairy tale yams. Oh, are those a special kind of yam? They are. They're white yams mixed with yellow yams. They're all swirly on the inside. Oh, okay. I've uh, I've only had the two they kinds. They taste horrible. Raw or cooked? Because most yams do taste pretty bad raw. You can cook them? That's right, Bathsheba. Just put them in a pot of boiling water for about 35 minutes. Does that get rid of the botulisms? Uh, not if you eat it after a turtle, I wouldn't assume. Mm. You might want to eat it in a Porsche. Ooh. All right. Now, uh, I feel like you've got one final email for us. It is from... Oh, my. What, what does it say, Bathsheba? His lordship, Arnold the First. Dad? Oh, Oh no! My, uh, should I read? This? Should we do this? I don't have. We don't have to. No, you I've, don't have to be, have it read to you right now. I haven't heard from Would you. Dad. Rather read this off the air. We haven't spoken in thirteen years. What does he oh, say? Oh, I've read it already, and he's angry. What does he say? I'm gonna okay. Mm. Should I read it like him? Should I just read it like me? Like you can read it like yourself. I don't think you know what my dad sounds like. For what it's worth, he has a German accent, so if you want to do it that way, feel free. I'm just going to read it like myself. Okay, fine. <laughs> Arnold, my, my son and heir, you have shamed the family for the last time. Your shenanigans have no place in the good name of Arnold. You are hereby cut off, and you will be. this will be the last piece of... What's that word? Uh, correspondence. Correspondence that will be passing between us. You are no longer my son. I am no longer your daddy or papa or daddy-o or Führer. And you are no longer an Arnold. Here signed, Arnold the Only. Well, Dad, now having been through a divorce myself, it's not easy cutting yourself off from someone that you once loved, but let me assure you that the most important thing you can do is to remain friends. And if you remain... And if you remain friends... If you remain friends with your exiled son... Take your time. Surely your yams will flourish. This is a lot right now. Oh, I don't know how this podcast is going to keep going on. I've relied on that gold from the homeland to keep this thing running. I know you have. I know you have. How are we going to afford to rent these microphones? Well, we may very well have two Porsches on their way to us right now. That, that is true. Mm-hmm. 
But with Daddy's fortune, I could afford a thousand Porsches. And now that my my cousin Jimmy's dead, I can sell that turtle. This you know, it, I, I did. This was the last episode. It, it was really, wow. really sad. That this was, affected me so deeply, and I had never heard of either of these two people before. Me neither. Yeah, you bond was, kind of instantly. I felt for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they end up with the Porsches? Is that uh, there was a one last Twitter update, and it, it was it was both of them sitting in a Porsche. Oh, oh. yeah. Did they look happy? Uh. It, or was it just the text said we're sitting in a Porsche? It, it was that. Oh. Yeah. Did it sound happy from the text? Was it capitalized? It was literally, like, it was no punctuation, no capitalization. Well, that's good. As long as it didn't end in a period. Ooh. It might still come back. I think that they decided that having something to keep meant more to them than selling something to keep on the ghost of what was. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Moving on. Literally, because it's a car. What if they wrote a final email to themselves? Y- you know, when we broadcast this podcast, maybe they listen to it and they'll they'll hear that and they'll, you know, who knows? The wheels could turn. Wheels could turn. Or they could just be listening to it, then deliver a final response that no one can hear but themselves. Maybe the NSA will pass on the information. Oh, I love NASA. Speaking of NASA. Speaking of things that need funding. Let's, um, take a break and listen to some ads. Here's some ads. Ads. Well, hey there, Henry. Oh, hi there, John. Hey there, Michael. Oh, hi there, John. Hey Hey there, Jamie. Hello, John. Hey there, Aaron. Well, hey, John. Any of you want to buy some Adderall? Uh, Like, from you? Yeah. From a company? Nah, from me. You guys. John, we can't. I mean... Ha! Funny jokes! <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, that, was, that was a good one, John. Yeah. That was really good. Just Friends, here. I'm gonna... Bye. Hey, so if, if you guys wanna, wanna buy some Adderall, I'm gonna be hanging out in the group study room at Arizona State University, third floor of the library. Okay, okay, bye. What are you doing over there? Oh, hey! I'm your friend. You still hanging out? Okay. Yeah, bye. Cool. I'm gonna go take a nap. Okay, bye. <laughs> Are you tired of dealing with lack of sleep and being tired? Well, if you're anything like me, you'd do anything to get a good night's rest. Well, thanks to the good folks at Sleep Now, you can sleep like you've never slept before. You take a Sleep Now strip, put it over your mouth and nasal passages, breathe in for 15 to 20 minutes, and before, when you, after you've blacked out and you wake up the next morning, if you wake up the next morning, you'll feel refreshed, revitalized, renewed. Sleep now, anti-breathing strips. Sleep now, it's sleep for you. Sleep now. Sleep forever. Thank <laughs> you.
It's one on 180 FM DJ here, The Rock, here again with another advertisement for our, our station channel. That's the channel on our station, 1-800-THE-ROCK. That's us, that's me. We're on the radio. The rock, 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 rock. We've gotten feedback saying your channel's really hard to find because you never say the right numbers or your your name is the channel. And, and we just say we've got all the hits. So you know where to tune in for us and we interview homeless people. And then we nay nay. That's 108 FM, The Rock DJs. That's me, and we're on the radio. Are you tired of your summer ride? Are those wheels getting you down? Come on over to Windsorville in South Carolina. We got your Porsches lined up, a whole new line of them. Perfect. Perfect for you, perfect for your friend. We got them in candy apple red and lemon yellow and lime green. Just come on down, take your pick. Special Force is coming out now to give you a special deal. See you on the flip side. Midlife crisis. Porsche. Hey there. Uh, do you have trouble getting a good night's sleep? Well, I'm here to tell you about sleep no more. All you have to do is inject it and then you'll never sleep again. Every time you feel tired, you just inject it and then you don't have to sleep. It's like sleeping except you can do things like clean, clean, dig very deep holes, clean, make a computer, make a second computer, watch TV, dig a second hole, leave your house. Burn your house, dig a third hole, clean, sleep no more. Sleep no more, it's sleep for you, sleep no more. Sleep no more forever. In the midst of one of the greatest economic recessions of our time in this great country, we have a brand new product for not only the adults, but the children. It's called Kinder Ale. If you see your parents relaxing with a cool cup in their hands, you too can have a fun cool cup. Drink Kinder Ale. Relax. Enjoy. Repeat. Kinder Ale. For kids. <laughs> Not for kids. Hi, this is Henry from Podcast Party wanting you to know we've had fun here tonight. So, um, welcome back to Podcast Party. And the theme today is royalty, given to us by our friend John. And uh, we're talking about podcasts related to the topic of royalty. And we weren't talking money at all. That's correct. And we've heard some great podcasts so far related to royalty. And let's see what our next one's going to be. Yes, you speaking of money and royalty together, um, I have one. A couple that I've heard a couple times. Uh, it talks about the crowns of the royalty. And each episode delves into a different royal family and talks about their jewelry and crowns and the stones, the gemstones that are hidden within them. Uh, don't be off put by the name. It's called The Family Jewels. Don't judge me. <laughs> but that's how I stumbled onto it, and it's actually quite entertaining. Wait. <laughs> 
Don't. I said don't judge That's me. That's how you, I said, you stumbled onto Henry, it. I said do not judge me. So you were just searching? No. No. I, we, we don't want a lawsuit. Don't. Oh, you're right. So the so family anyway, jewels. Family jewels. So they talk about like how much crown each crown is worth and what the details of why and yeah, they that. go like, into the history. Uh, they they kind of describe a little bit of the different pieces of jewelry that they uh, chose choose to focus on, and then they'll go into the history of those gemstones a little bit. Like you've heard of the Hope Diamond and how mm-hmm. it was the largest raw diamond ever found, and it's through the years been honed down through different uh, settings. Yeah, and, different and, settings and, and, and right. how who it's belonged to, and at one point it was haunted. Uh, for um, but anyway, this one delves into those specific types of jewels for specific royal families. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of the other jewels have been haunted. Well, that's very interesting because the one episode that I brought today talks yes. about a set of jewels that has been haunted. Yeah. Yes. Um, this one is from the far off nation of Lebanon. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna delve into that a little bit. Um, that's what these guys talked about. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, family jewels! Yeah, got okay. it, got good, it. Good Thank job, you. John. Okay. Family jewels. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Family Jewels. I'm Arjun, and here is my compatriot. Tim. And we are have an exciting group of uh, jewels to talk about, crowns more specifically, starting in from here, the faraway region of Lebanon. So far away. Now, Lebanon is not known for all of its jewels. Actually, normally they're ranked in the in the 30 and 40th percentiles of the size of their jewels on their crowns. Mm-hmm. But this particular crown, during the Lebanese, Greco-Roman, South American, Mexican... With the wrestling. Australian War. Mm-hmm. It was a very obscure, almost called the Second and a Half World War, but not quite. That's right. No. It lasted much longer than a second and a half. It did, but with much fewer deaths. Only three. Only three. It was more of a verbal war. Of course. You know, there was... A battle of wits. A a lot of banter. So much banter. And one particularly ostentatious crown. Ooh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, Lebanon is known for its cabbage growing. Lebanese cabbage? Lebanese cabbage is famed across the entire globe. Oh. I once uh, smelled someone at another table who ordered the Lebanese cabbage. Oh. And I thought that their... I didn't smell the person who smelled the cabbage. Oh. Obviously. (laughs) Luckily. They weren't that (laughs) offensive. No. this This was a nice restaurant. It smelled really great. I digress. The cabbage. No. Yes, the cabbage. So, there's actually an emerald. Oh. That is marbled in such a way that it appears to be like a cabbage. Oh. And it is approximately forehead sized. Uh, the size of foreheads? And interestingly enough, the size of a forehead of a typical Lebanese female at the time. Approximately three to four times the size of a Lebanese male. Wow. It is that cabbage on a single single... Silver wreath, if you will, 
I will. Around the circumference of the head. Of course. Like that tiara. It's very simple. It's just a cabbage. But with a watermelon-sized emerald. Basically a... Set into it. It looks like a cabbage. That sounds beautiful. Oh, I pulled up pictures. Yeah. Oh, you see it. Are you not blown away? I am blown away. You should be, Tim. You should be. Almost as far away as Lebanon. (laughs) Now, you you actually showed me before the show another one. And I'm excited to tell our listeners this because you showed me another. I can put that one in the Please do. No, I I actually... I studied this in college. But I don't think as in-depth as you did. So if you would, please... This one is um, another of the... It's the lesser known of the Lebanese family jewels. Of course. It dates back to 2300 BC. Okay. E, and it is an opal. An opal. An opal on a crown. An opal on a crown. But it's not just any opal. It's an opal three times the size of half of a goat's... Foot. Balderdash. I know. Now, that's a female goat of the time period. Which means that that is an opal roughly the size of two pomegranates. Wow. An opal roughly... Listen, listeners. An opal roughly the size of two, not one, but two pomegranates. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And it was set into the Sultan's staff. Wow. He wore it on his staff. On his staff. When he would hold court. That way they would know that he was the Sultan. He was the man with the biggest opal. Wow. If you are not just shook. You know what color it was? Right now. What color was it? Opal. Opal. I could have guessed. I will say I could have guessed. But it had swirls of cerulean in the opal. It's one of the only known opals with a cerulean swirl in it. Wow. I know. The cerulean swirl. I thought it was Photoshop, but they didn't have it back then. That that is incredible. Not only is it incredible, but it is the only known cerulean swirl predating that of the famous Obama jewels. Oh, starting in two thousand. We're talking about them. Discovered in two thousand eight. We're not talking about them. That is for another episode that we will bring you later. I do have. We do have. That's a teaser for our audience. Come back and listen. Now there was our sister guest. Yeah, well, yeah, our, our, our guest when our sister submissions, guests. yeah, from our sister podcast, and they uh, have more local royalty. Ooh, I say royalty in quotations if you couldn't hear it. Well, and uh, I saw it. This is for the the jewels that are a little unconventional. Right, right, and some people don't even think of them as actual jewels. Some don't. Uh, little known fact in this particular. Uh, case the Duke of Earl County, oh, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. known for their peanut production. Oh, I know the largest known peanut ever recorded. That's right. They didn't eat that. They that didn't. didn't become butter. Nope. Or another three hundred ninety-six recipes. How big was created it? Created by George Washington Carver. Well, 
He knew how to use a peanut. It was actually... Okay, so if you... Have you ever seen a Japanese pear? Once. In a magazine, I saw one. Okay, take a it Japanese pear. It said actual pear, size on the page. But imagine... That, <laughs> imagine the Japanese... Imagine the Japanese pear. Okay. As the size of a watermelon. <laughs> I'm imagining it. Can I just imagine a Japanese watermelon? <laughs> oh, too late. I've already done it. You won't be right. It is It is the size of a Japanese would that, pear. Would that be out of scale? If multiplied by the size of a watermelon. Oh! That's huge! This was affixed to a deflated beach ball. What? And then wrapped around the head of the Duke of Earl. Oh, like a swimming cap! Like a swimming cap, but really large! <laughs> so, my deepest apologies, that was not actually the episode where they talked about the haunted jewels, but if you guys can agree, that was a fabulous, fabulous discussion. I was, yeah. I was still... Like 100% engaged. I was curious. Really educational. And, you know, I think we need to push for that level of education and all podcasts going forward. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, apparently, I had made it to this point in my life never knowing what the size of half a female goat's hoof multiplied by three was. (laughs) I had no idea it was the size of two pomegranates stacked on top of each other. You know, and, and now that you know that, just think of all the conversions that you'll be able to do. It's going to be so... I don't need a calculator anymore. You know, it was really clever of them to include teasers for their next episode. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was like, it's a way to get... I'm going to go back. I'm subscribing now. And Perfect. I want to hear that Gaunted episode. I'm going to hear yeah. that, too. Oh, yeah. You, you it's gotta, a good one. You got to bait that hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm hungry for a Japanese pear right now. Or even a watermelon. Or even a peanut. Or even half of a ghost hood. (laughs) Speaking of which, what's that theme for next week, Henry? Oh, you want to know next week's theme right now? (laughs) Just to tease that audience. Oh, well, let's just say it begins with a W. Ooh. Ooh. Tune in next week to find out what our W theme's going to be. Whoa, 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 what will it be? Is it water? You don't know. Oh, that reminds me of a podcast. Oh. Oh, what? The word water reminds me of a podcast. That's amazing. Okay, so I know our our theme is royalty, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we've been playing it pretty straight, but you know me. I'm kind of a loose cannon. I'm a maverick. Sure. I don't play by the rules. So this is kind of tangentially related to royalty. <clears throat> oh, let's break out the caution tape. But look, you guys are going to like this because you're on a podcast and you know we don't like to pay for things. So we wait, like all wait. our stuff royalty free. Oh, true. like at the airport. That's duty free. This is royalty free. Like at the airport. Like something you don't have to pay for to use. And you know, sometimes in this podcast we get really excited and we want to use famous poems or books or works of literature. But all of those have been trademarked hundreds of years ago. Like airplanes. Like airplanes. We can use an airplane for free because it's it's at the airport. You're right. But I've got got this new podcast (laughs) called Freeverse. Where people, uh, a, a revolving cast of characters, they remake written classics, but they make them just different enough 
so that they can't be trademarked. Oh, that's interesting. And the reason why Water reminded me of this is that this is the episode where they make a royalty-free version of a very popular book about a white whale. Oh, oh, like at the airport at the Hudson's. Yes, at the, the Hudson's at the airport. They sell books. You're right. So it's called Freeverse. And they're royalty free because it's at an airport. And a rotating cast of characters just reads, you know, versions of literature that can't be copyrighted. That's cool. Uh, so what's the, uh, what's the name of the story? Um, it's actually Morby Dirk. Ooh, Morby Dirk. Morby Dirk. All right. See, it, it bears no resemblance to anything that you can name, nope. but it rings a bell, which is what royalty-free things should do. What ding, time ding, is ding. their flight? I'm going to play the episode now. Please play the episode. Episode, prepare for liftoff. What's happening? <laughs> I swore. I swore one royalty-free <laughs> This is Freeverse. Here we continue our relocation of our wonderful classic that you've never heard of before, Murby Dirk. Part 17. I, the sea be, uh, Ill-tempered lady, Dave Forty of my revenge-fueled mission against Merbidirk, the whale that nibbled me fingers and then spat them out because she didn't like the way they tasted, and for that slight, I chased the world. Looking for that Merbidirt. Gonna stab it. Oh, hey, Captain. We're here behind you. I no what. We're, we'll follow you into the depths of Hades. That's why you're behind me. We'll fight that porpoise. And it's I as well, your, your fancy manservant, Queequog. Queequog, fetch me a lime. Hi. Oh, here it is. Oh, yes. A fresh line to fight off the syphilis. I I completed that mission you had for me. I found Nemo. He was 20,000 leagues under the lake. That's why we call you the time machine. I, Nemo, what can I call you? I, Captain Abraham Linkler. Okay. I am Nebo. I, uh, 
I hear you're good with a searching and the finding. Oh yes, a thousand of leagues, thousands of leagues underseas. No, 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 under oceans, hundreds of under seas, seas, else the whole alphabet. Eh, he's the best out there. Well, we need to find a certain Merbadurk. Oh yes, the Merbadurk. You've heard of her. The the great Dirk Whirl. Ah, the Merbadurk Dirk Whirl. <laughs> we're speaking the same language we be. Nemo, where should we start looking? Uh, lime. And the lime and the coconut. Oh. Uh, well, maybe the lime and uh, a durian, maybe. Please, please, lime the grown-ups are speaking. Lime and a durian. Quag-queeg. Maybe instead of a coconut, you can say it's a lime and a durian. Quag-queeg. The, the lime and the durian, like I said originally. Huffery. What will happen next week? Find out for installment 18. Join us for more Murphy Dirk. part of their series for the elevator ride down it's like if you work in a sure a tall building you listen to that on the elevator ride down by the time you're you're walking you know yeah. you're done and they've got what like seven thousand installments i think just of that one book right seven thousand two hundred and four right now and they're about at the 70 percent mark so oh you know they're, they're getting there and i mean as someone who's been in a lot of tall buildings i don't mean to brag <laughs> But I mean, here we go again. It's it's, it's really nice to have something to listen to. Yeah, we when I'm it. waiting in the lobbies of tall buildings, we're not gonna call you skyscraper, John. No um, one ever will. I didn't ask you to. It would just be cool if you did. You know, life is so fast paced right now, and that's what I really liked about that podcast. It was it just gave me a little snippet, just a, just enough to. Mm-hmm. To kind of move on with my next chore or errand. Mm-hmm. And I also liked that even though they were short, they put their full attention into each little bit. They, did, they didn't They did half-ass it. They really gave it their all, even though it was only a small amount of content. I really liked it. Have they have they started any other stories? I know they're in the middle of Murphy Dirk right now. Um, well, they're at the about 70% mark, so they're not done yet, but they do have a pretty rich back catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done the entire works of uh, Sir Arthur Conan Durrell, um, all of the Sherlock Holmes stories. Uh France and Stone, I believe, was one that they're working on right now. I'm not oh, exactly sure. that one's in pre-production? I'm, I'm a big fan of their version of Germs, Jerses, or Lursers. Mmm. It's very good. I've been wanting to read Uri Birder. You know, they haven't started on Uri Birder yet, but they're going to get there, hopefully. Hopefully. The Indivisible Mensch, I believe, is one that they're working on right now. I'm really excited for that. And Nerthurniel Herther and Scarlet Lurder. Oh, the Scarlet Lurder. The Scarlet Lurder. That one 
is I just I can't even wait. I'm I need to obviously it because is it's not made yet. Magnifique. Yeah. You mean Murner Furk? Well, no, it's, it's uh, what do you mean Magnifique? What, what, what do you, you, you can't just do that. Why it's are you that's saying not, Magnifique? What are you having a stroke? What's happening? No. All right. Okay. <laughs> Look. Yes. I was really let down that there were no <laughs> duty free. And I'm just upset. And I tried to get on the pit. Hmm. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. You better. <laughs> we will, Henry. We will. Deeply we will. hurt. We've we made Henry you. upset. Jesus. So, um, <clears throat> that wraps you're up. You're just sitting here and you're trying to do a bit and then everyone <laughs> like, looks at you. Henry. And then, what? Oh, am I interrupting? Am I? We'd like to finish. Is my sadness getting in the way of your podcast? Henry, yes. The unpaid guests would like to leave. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Aaron. Thank you, Jamie. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Great time. Welcome back anytime. And, uh, of course, thank you, Henry and John. Oh, well, it's about time. Another thousand dollars in the bank. Hey. Excuse me, what? <laughs> God. God. Good night, everybody. Good night. Wait, Bye. what was he? Wait, Good what? Night. Save what it for the night? Hudsons. What? Goodbye, Jamie. But, Goodbye. further with another sound cloud. <laughs>